Day. What's good? What's good? What's good? You know what it is. This is the first edition of Boss Talk Podcast, an open format conversation for real entrepreneurs to discuss real business successes and losses in a never thriving world of social media, marketing, and brand management. Join myself, Capo, and my good man, Raza Rai. What's good? As we navigate the industry, share a little bit of our expertise and know-how, and boss up in a thriving field run by the millennials. Yes, sir. What's good, bro? I'm good, man. You I'm good? feeling fantastic. Hey, man, look, this is really your brainchild, man. So we're going we gonna to really get into some of the conversations that uh, you and I have and, and with others um, that run their own entities in the area um, about, you know, the behind the scenes of the, of the industry. And, and um, I think it'll be important that we talk about the infrastructure that is being built, yep. especially in, the, in, in this city for the creatives. Most definitely. Um, but before we <clears throat> go too far into any of that, um, let's give them some backstory on, on who Raza Rai is, um, how we go from Raza Rai to the media production firm that is UXU, um, and, and along with a few of the other credentials that you have, like, give, you know, give me the, the, the I don't know you intro and then right, let's get yeah. into it. Hell yeah. Yeah, cause we can take it all the way back. Oh, wait, you want to go, you want to go live with me? I, I will. I have to. Uh, I suppose I should join you. Let's get it. All right. But yeah, uh, we can take it all the way back. Started off um, like 2000, I don't know, probably seven, eight. Okay. Dabbling in videos. Used, like most like fucking around with the uh, with my white friends. Had like a jackass show called Donkey. Fucking around with my white friends is crazy. Filming him do <clears throat> stupid shit that I didn't want to do. So I just filmed them doing it. Mm-hmm. And then with skate videos. Okay. And then it's dabbled in graffiti. Why are you so loud on mine? Um, it's okay. I got you. Send requests and then it should shut you up. Right. So then from there, uh, <laughs> like that kind of transitioned into like Photoshop and playing around with that. And I was just taking pictures like with the MacBook camera. Okay. And then we just try to figure out like different ways to uh, make and create stuff from there. And then Ray, uh-huh. Ray Slice, Sleazy, Sleazy bundles, bundles, knocking on your door, came to me one day. was like, yo, I got an idea. And I think that you're the man that could help me facilitate it. Like, he wanted to start uh, kind of a clothing brand. Oh, I, wait, this is new to me. Yeah. I didn't notice. Okay. Big facts are being learned. Let's go. <clears throat> and we said we wanted to... Uh, make it where we kind of explained ourselves through it. So, like, uh, the first idea that we came up with was called Nerds with Swag. Okay. And Hey, we, shout out to Everett from uh, Audio Airstrike Podcast. Hey, Checking us out on the live. So, we were doing that for probably about, I don't know, a couple of weeks, probably about, I don't know, probably about a month or two. Okay. Had a couple of different designs up and then uh, selling shirts and uh, school and then we started, uh, we was like, all right, we got to This was like this. high school? Yeah, it's high school. Okay, okay, I'm like okay. 17 at the time. Ah. Uh, 2009. And then um, we was like, all right, we got to put these joints on the web. So we didn't have any money to pay a photographer and then didn't know anything about what we were doing like at the time. Right. Um, so we borrowed Ray's dad's Nikon and okay. we did a shoot in Ray's uh, basement. Swat. And that's where, like, 
the first time I ever really had a full DSLR camera in my hand and had Sorry. no idea what I was doing, but I was like, yo, I, I fuck, fuck this. this. Yeah, I knew you was about to say Like, that. yeah. It was just like <laughs> something click. Yeah. Yeah. So after that, I got uh, my first camera in December, a little Canon G11. Okay. Like a little small point and shoot, but it still had like a manual mode, so I could change the settings. Settings, right, right, right. Yeah, so I wanted to start off some small and hinder myself a little bit, so I could teach myself how to do the fundamentals of photography. Because then, when I wanted to dive in more and invest, I would know what kind of DSLR I actually wanted. That's dope, though. Like that, you kind of handicapped yourself intentionally, right? That's interesting. Because so many people like try to dive in and think, oh, if I get a whole bunch of. Uh, like good ass gear, I'm gonna be a beast. Like I can yeah. outshoot a lot of people that have a Mark 5D with my iPhone, just because I know how to use it uh. and know how to benefit its strengths versus its weaknesses. Okay. Other people think just oh, if I get some dope shit, it'll look good. Like nah. Okay. If you don't know how to use a screwdriver, it's not gonna do shit for you. <laughs> <laughs> Big facts. So um, from like when I first started, I just took pictures of my friends. Like, just always had it with me. That's why I liked it. It was nice and small. I could put it in, like, a bag in my pocket or whatever. Um, and then that's just how I learned different environments, uh, what each setting did. Mm. Um, I think this is before, like, I started using YouTube a lot. Before, okay. it was just, like, just fucking with it. Like, what does this mm. button do? And then remembering what it did. And then using it to my advantage and just getting off of the, like, automatic modes and learning right. how to control it myself. Because what I found out when I first started was a lot of times the camera doesn't do what I want it to do. Like, what I'm seeing, like, it's trying to think, oh, no, I, we should do it like this. Like, nah, that's, that's not what we're I'm not agreeing. Yeah. So I had to control you to really get what I want. Mm -hmm. So um, I but think that's yeah. mastering a tool. Right. Like anything else. Yeah. That's I mean, but that, yeah. OK. Respect. Um. So yeah, from the, with the brand, that's when we uh, we were just doing like a lot of clothes, t-shirts, uh, hoodies, things of that nature. But at that point, y'all were doing like like the graphic transfers and shit. Like it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't even nothing. It wasn't too big. Too, okay. Yeah, because I, I like I think you threw me a T from that era. That was like a transfer of like I think it was like some titties with uncontemporary uh, oh, uncontemporary yeah. uh, box logo across them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like a sticker on some actual titties, and you mm -hmm. took a picture of it. Mm -hmm. So shout out to those breasts. <laughs> but fuck who they're attached to. But anyway. Oh. <laughs> we no, not maybe gonna, not. My bad. We're not going to get into that. Yeah. But yeah. So um, learning with the clothes, like learned a lot, like different materials and shit. Um, I guess my mindset always with the clothing line was even though we're small, like I kind of want to run it like we're big. But we're mm. just, uh, it's almost like we were putting out prototypes. And having like an open beta so we can learn like what we're doing okay so a lot of the what the heat transfer allowed me to do was i could make shirts per order so instead of having to drop a thousand dollars on a bunch of tees i could just make the shirt as we get an order mm. um and then it also led me to go from like concept to product in a day like i remember one halloween i drew uh it was a a design with a vampire teeth but in the teeth it spelled out unique and uncontemporary and I drew it on a napkin in my car when I was at school. And then by the time I got home, I just put it in Photoshop, made this, uh, printed it out on the graphic, I mean, the heat transfer, and put it on the shirt like the same day. Dope. So it allowed me to experiment like a lot quicker, which was dope, but the quality suffered. Mm. And that's what like I ended up hating it. And then once we're actually needing like a bunch of shirts, we were actually getting orders 
and I have to send like 50 shirts out to uh, like a store, it takes forever to make 50 shirts by heat transfer by yes. yourself. That is a fact. So, so then you <laughs> learn about scaling. Right. Uh, scaling is important. And that's, that's, that's one of them, them concepts where I'm always, when I'm talking to people um, that are looking to um, not only network um, out, but network up, when you network up, it's that's really, really about relationship building and waiting and, and knowing when, right? Yeah. Because a lot of times when you network up, you can you could throw yourself into an opportunity, especially for like a clothing brand, right? Where you can't produce at the rate that they move. And they don't move mm-hmm. no less than this. Like they're not they don't call in orders for hundred shirts. They calling in orders for ten thousand shirts. Yeah. So if you don't have a means to produce 10,000 shirts, pulling the, the, the trigger you can't on take that, that connection, mm-hmm. you just burnt the bridge, essentially, because you're going to look really bad when you can't produce the 10,000 shirts in a timely manner. So I think that's that's an interesting you know point yeah. that you're bringing up about just knowing how to manage relationships, when, whether it's a... A, a, a true if you like and you gotta you gotta be real about the situation are you networking out or up in this situation and at that point that's when you determine you know can this put me in a position where I'm being outpaced by my relationship right but that's not to say don't have the relationship right definitely still soak up game where you can and all that and when it's time I think that you both will know but if the time comes too soon you, you gotta be really honest with yourself that's real Cause if that if you build a relationship you want, that person's gonna become more of an OG, and they're gonna try to help you out. Indeed. And you gotta know when to be like, or or at least be honest, right? Like, look, I would love to do the deal with y'all, but I can't produce that many shirts. If you got a plug or a connection or somewhere I can work with to make this happen, or you can front me, you know what I mean? Right. You gotta you gotta be able to have that conversation. It's either the dialogue or you gonna look bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> but. The dialogue only comes when you've earned a certain relationship by not pulling the trigger too soon. You know what I mean? Indeed. So it's 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 a it's it's one of those things where you really got to pay attention to what you're doing. Yeah. And then you'll get right there. And that's yeah. And that's different things we learn. Like because uh, we've had op- things that come up where people from like in the Midwest have contacted us to send out clothes for different things. Uh, one dude hit us up to send out our clothes. Um, for like it was almost like a convention or something uh-huh. and then he was going to set up table for like different uh clothing lines or whatever else um so we ended up sending like i don't know a good 300 to 500 dollars worth of clothes out there mm-hmm. and then we never heard back from the dude oh no so then uh probably about five to six months later um, he hits me back finally up and then what he tells me what happened and what ended up going down was his mom had took our clothes and everyone else's clothes and pawned it all for drug money. Okay. That's the, a story. Right. But the dude was too embarrassed to actually come clean and tell us what the fuck happened with our shit. Damn. Yeah, actually, I think he told me, like, where it was. Like, the warehouse had, like, flooded or something, and all the clothes got ruined. I was like, well, send me my soap shirts. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but this nigga said, send me my soaked shirts. That's crazy. So then, uh, 
but also we've had someone else, uh, this dude, Tony Roth, uh, he owns this company called Keep Cool. They make watches, belts, different accessories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about yeah. So he sent us out, like... Some watches. Yeah. I remember like that. $200 worth of watches, and then we sent him out a bunch of stuff to put in stores. He got us in, and in like, two or three stores out in Nebraska. He, like, he was pretty much our uh, sales rep out there. So And that we still have a good That's good network. Right. So it's like we learn like just when to trust it, when to know, when to back off. Like yeah. when when things feel shady, they probably are. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta shoot the shot to figure it out. You right. Know what I mean? And that's where where a lot of that was like the pad like the first I guess like six five six years of doing it. Was so you said wait. So you said it, it started in 09. Yep. Two thousand nine. We formed our LLC. And you were how old? Seventeen. Seventeen in 09. So I met you at twenty one. So what year was that? Uh. I'm 26 today. Right. So that was five years ago. So five years ago. So that was 12. Mm-hmm. Well, today, on the anniversary <laughs> of us meeting, uh, we've gotten so close that your girl hit my phone while we were <laughs> side by side. And she asked me, you know, how much this would cost. Mm-hmm. Was it enough? Was it too much? Was it too little? She wanted me to make sure that I gave this to you and said happy birthday. That's why she's my nigga, man. Thank you, you, baby. And that's exactly what I told her in the time. I said, you're a real one for this. Yeah. Everybody listening. Happy birthday, Rob. Hey, and and just just so y'all know, she cash apped a nigga quick. (laughs) Early. Quick. She was like, okay, I mean, y'all want this, y'all want that, y'all want this, y'all. Okay, boom, money. Do it. That's probably why. So I kind of got told what to do. But it was for a good cause. Tight. And I passed the buck anyway, because I didn't want to make it hot. Because, <laughs> like, I'm sitting right next to this man, and she's texting me, and they're popping up on my MacBook. And I'm like, yo, if he sees her name, and, like, of course, I have her saved with your last name. <laughs> so I'm like, if he sees this, he's going to know unequivocally something's up. He already got it under he's, Mrs. Rose. <laughs> right. He's, but, but he's going to automatically be like, hey, bro, why is my girl's texting me? <laughs> right, right. yeah. Nah, she had texted me earlier and said, what's Jason's last name? Then she sent me to uh, Mr. Evil from Ultra Power. Like, mm. so I already knew she was up to something. Oh, she was hot. You know what's crazy? Me and her exchanged numbers a minute ago for, like, these purposes. Yep. And I think she, when she texted me, she was like, Hey, it's Brittany. And I was like, girl, if you don't get off my phone with these introductions, <laughs> what do you want? What's up? That's good. How are you? What's, like, are we, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. So, like, what's, like, you don't got to do that. Let's skip all that. Oh, yeah, but where were we at? Um, we were at the point of realizing that orders on heat transfer weren't going to work. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, I don't know. We we kind of always were in that realm for a lot of it, because I think in 2011, 2012 is when we really branched out into the lifestyle brand of it all. OK. And that's when we started making like a couple of YouTube videos here, started uh, bringing more of the yeah comedy uh, aspect to it and try to. But even with that, like we still didn't know what we were fully doing, like because it was never truly consistent. It was really almost like sampling different things and kind of building a portfolio of this is what we're capable of so that when it reaches like the right eyes they can see like all these different like oh wow they did this they did this they did this they did this and then we were already just um naturally i was getting to the music videos and stuff like that for like different artists doing the different photo shoots 
but it was really for fun and also that was like my little side hustle when i was in school so um i went to north carolina a t for industrial engineering hey aggies so then every summer and winter break i would uh intern at that firm so i would stack up all my money during break and then when i went back to school i would live off that and then just make little spending bread uh shooting at clubs and shooting models facts so at what point in Boston mm-hmm. did you go, you know what? What I really like about all of this is the actual putting it together stuff. We was... The I media, think, the like, the, the, the... Because it sounds like a lot of what became your actual company were things you learned out of necessity yeah. to push a product that you're not even necessarily pushing currently. Yeah, that's and that's exactly what happened. Because that happened, we were sending... Uh, my brother Capo's kitchen. It was me, Capo, and Slice, the three uh, main owners at the moment. And we were both discussing, like, we like making clothes, but none of us are truly passionate about it. Like, that's mm. nothing that any of us live and breathe for. And all of us are really diving more into the media realm, in the production realm. Why don't we just turn our focus to that? Okay. And instead of trying to sell people our dream, we sell people on their own who are ready to invest into it. That makes sense. So that was November of 2016. So 2017 was our first year of really like going at it and uh, trying to gain more clients. And it was very, it was like the most lucrative year we've ever had in the business said, of our company. Snigger said magnificent. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Magnificent's a stellar work. Shit was wild. So. Yeah, we tr- we saw like quickly like that we have a lot of natural talent with that, and now it's like this year it's all about just building uh, actual structure out, okay, so that we can uh, grow and scale. Right. Uh, okay. That's solid, bro. Like, so at this point, the 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 company does what? Um, take on various clientele, whether it's music artists or uh, entrepreneurs or small businesses, mm-hmm. and handle any and all media production need they have, whether it's business cards, photography, videography, ads, web design and maintenance, uh, custom email domains, like anything that they need in the realm of media, mm-hmm. we can get that done for them. That, that sounds like media and branding, bro. Yeah. So keep it a buck. Facts. Yeah, no, nah, respect. I mean, I think that's where, you know, our bags kind of overlap. Right, because, like, that, and, the, that's, and that's it's where... It's in the branding space. Like, right. I do more of the marketing, um, you know, the branding, the events, um, the curation, management, um, and a lot of consulting. And I'm more of the, I do a the lot of consulting. Side. Yeah. And that's how our worlds are kind of just Yeah, but that's why, that, that's you know. why we work together. Yeah. <laughs> to keep it a buck. Because, like, my... My bag, you know, and, and my whole thing started a lot different. Um, How so? Take so, us, like, take us back. I mean, so, like, I've just been, I've been known for a lot of different things over time, right? Well, so definitely, like, yeah. I grew up a hooper, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So everybody knew me for hooping. And then in the midst of the hooping, I also started a clothing line doing the fabric paint era in this area mm. when, you know, Aja Armani was popping. Right. Um, Early 2000s. Yeah. So yeah. I had that shit cracking to the to the to the tune of Aja approached me a couple times and tried to get me to work with him that's what's up like to work for his brand and be one of his guys and I was just like well you know I kind of watched what you did as an OG in it and did my own thing mm-hmm. um and like 
I just felt like what he, you know, granted he was getting more per shirt, right? Right. But what he was going to pay me per shirt was what I was getting per shirt by myself. So he was already working. You was probably selling more shirts. Right. Mm-hmm. I, it wasn't even about selling more shirts per se. I think he was, he was probably doing, I mean, he had a store. I didn't. Right. Um, I'm, 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 you know, I don't think I'm going out on a limb to say he was selling more shirts, but I was just getting more of my margin. And I, I think, especially as a kid, that was like me learning about independence yeah, and, right. and learning that I didn't want to necessarily work for people. Mm-hmm. And that's why everything I've done has been on a project based and consulting base and not anything that I do that's long term is mine. Um, everything else that I do, I'll, I may fuck with you for five years. That yeah. may be the plan. Of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but I, you know, I like new challenges and, and, and exploring new spaces. So that leads the guy who was a hooper into fashion then into the music industry stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, my first foray into the industry, uh, especially as far as my behind-the-scenes stuff, was with a DJ company. Yeah. Um, you know, that went from, you know, a a name that if you Googled, you'd probably get 10,000 people, and they were getting, you know, three to 800 was they, they packages. And I took what was really just two kids that were DJs, mm-hmm. young kids. Uh, they were college kids, but they were young. Um, and turned it into a full event company. Um, now, granted, there were some investors involved. I'm not saying I did this from scratch. Right, right, right. But the, the, the planning, the structuring, and all of that, the branding... It was still all um, there. Yeah, it was all there. You know. And how long did you uh, do that? Like, how long was that stint? Uh, that was probably like a year and a half, too. Hmm, okay. Um, but that was a straight consulting That grew bank. quick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it later grew to over a quarter mil annually. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just, you know, basically DJing yeah. at an event. But, you know, you start, you learn an industry, right? And that's that's why, it you know, I bounce around because I like to learn industries and learn how money is made in different ways, right? So, like, in that industry, right, you're a DJ, right? Yeah. So you're a part of a show, exactly. right? So when you walk into the venue... What else is a part of the show, right? There's lighting, there may be smoke machines, mm-hmm. um, there may be like concessions. There's there gotta be, be a whole experience. Right. So how much of that can we get our hands in? Right. Mm-hmm. And and stop calling ourselves DJs and be an entertainment company that can provide it all and make it a one stop shop. Because these people that are booking us book them and them and them and them and them and them and them to get this. Yeah. So why can't they just call us? They could just get it done. Right. So I, I, I soon like real early in the game learned about like consolidating and and doing it that way. Right. Um, and making the one shop, the one stop shop thing a thing because it provide Yeah. Because of that, just that added value and people were going to gravitate toward that. Right. So yeah. it became advantageous. Right. And it grew quickly. But mm-hmm. it was also some games we played social media wise. Nothing, you know, like buying followers, but just smart moves mm-hmm. um, that netted well um, at the time, right? Because this was during like the iPad was new era, mm. so we was doing giveaways for them at every event. You know what I'm saying? To tie back the social media stuff, mm-hmm. and that was working like heavy working. Um, so it was just it, it was it was a moment, um, and it worked well, and it blew um, in its in its space. Uh, but you know it. it I think for them, it was something where I was supposed to be on board forever. And in my mind, it was always like, all right, I want to get this going for y'all. And then I want to hand it off. Right. Um, and it was handoff time. 
Um, so that's what happened. Uh, from there, I knew I wanted to start uh, something that would give me the ability to highlight all the dope shit I was seeing happening in the area <clears throat> artistically, whether it be music, fashion, art, um, whatever. Now, did that come from like a point of frustration because there wasn't a platform and you just kept seeing like kind of all this underground talent that wasn't being highlighted? See, I felt like there were there were platforms, but they were very niche, mm. right? So there was like at the time I remember like a lot of what I was getting my like local hip hop scene information from at that time was like DC Rap, D dot Omen dot com. Um, there was a couple other websites and I'm I'm drawing a blank on the names right now. Um, it was maybe like three or four sites, but like that was how I found out about like the Everlasting Life shows mm. and like. That's where you found your your early logic and lyricists and all Mel and the Mary, uh, Marion Miranda and like I mean Avion Miranda and, and like uh, like just tons of fucking Sir EU started there like just tons of artists that we you know got tons of respect on the scene now I think Chaz used to pull up at Everlasting back in the G mm -hmm. like Brain Rap used to pull up there um, that was one of the early beginning of the scenes right. spots here um, and then like DC Rap was throwing parties. Um, like producer parties though at Bohemian Caverns below the old live mm -hmm. um, where it was just producer showcases and like it was a beat battle mm. um, and I used to go to those uh, so it was just like it was it was real early in the scene and I just saw a lot of dope to me and I was like well I don't really do any of that side of this shit that great like uh, I definitely can't produce I mean I may want to rap but I'm not that great of a rapper right um, so it was like I I still see this void. So I was like, well, all right, I'm going to try to start in just a blog about the scene here, right? But to be honest, I bit off more than I could chew, right? Because it was still a lot of shit going on. And at the time, because nobody was publicizing, it was a lot harder to find it all. Hmm. There wasn't really an Instagram at the time. Yeah. Um, when I first, first started dabbling in so, it. Was, yeah, so like it was like, it was mainly Twitter. Make the pose, it's hard to push it. Right, it was just Twitter and you find it and then it's like, all right, cool, it's done. And then when I was, I, I really uh, started the, the whole piece of the blogging mm -hmm. on, to keep it a buck with you, the, the, the first... The very, very first incarnation of the Everyday Weekend was on Tumblr. Mm. And then there were three Wix sites built that never debuted. And then there was probably four or five on Squarespace that never debuted. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So we're still pumping the Tumblr. And then the switch to Squarespace happened. And then I was like, all right, now I can do everything I want to do, but I don't know what to do. Right. Right? Like, I don't know how to get the content. So how do we get the content, right? So then I was like, I'm just going to go to everything. So I just, I was just pulling up at all the shows. So that's when that started where y'all making the moves everywhere. Right. So, but at this time, Mr. Anderson's not involved. Mm. It was me, the, the Everyday Weekend brand was started with me and the homie Sid. That's mm. how I met Mr. Anderson. Ah, um, who I'm going to let slide in on this boss talk conversation. Answer play right? three, right. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so then what happens is the homie falls in love. He moves across the country. I'm, I'm pissed at him, but happy for him now. 
And it was always love. It was never like we was beefing, but it was like, all right. So then anyway, Damn. yeah, Damn. John, the, the John started coming to me with ideas and, and, and opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. And we just started working and being around each other so much, it was like, all right, well, this nigga's kind of weekend now, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like, all right, bet. So then I'm like, all right, well, now we got to, we got to, we got to stop trying to do everything mm-hmm. and do one thing. And the one thing I really know about this scene is the music side of it. Yep. All right. So then he's like, oh, okay, cool. Never says nothing else to me. Right. And then he takes me to the original Sound Theory Studios <laughs> and I meet Lance. Lance for the second first time because we actually had class in high school together at yeah. Flowers. Mm-hmm. I was a class clown senior <laughs> and he was a serious musician junior in a piano class. So obviously we didn't meet then. Right. I was the one fucking the class up for him. That was funny. Right? So we're in his studio, and we're talking about what I'm trying to do. We're talking about what he's doing and trying to do. Yeah. And we agree that we want to do some form of event show. Right? And I had an art show coming Mm -hmm. with the homie Yogi the Shooter um, because I was, again, trying to do everything. And Mr. Anderson had provided the opportunity to use Layla Lounge on his plugs, right? Mm -hmm. So this was the beginning of me being like, this nigga's fucking valuable. Right, <laughs> so because he was just my homie, I didn't know we were just kicking at barbecues and shit. I didn't know with right, bars right, right. and shit. Like I didn't know we was just friends. He's like plug, right? <laughs> so we're at we're at the homie spot and we're talking about this possibility of an event. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, this nigga Lance is like, "I fucking know you from somewhere." Yep, that and I'm like, exactly, bro, happened. you don't look that unfamiliar. Like I could say you look kind of familiar, but I can't stamp it, so I don't, you know. And he's like, I'm going to figure it out. But of course, to me, I'm like, nigga, these niggas went to fucking high school together. But like, I only went to flowers for a year, so I didn't know nobody. Right. I was, nigga, it was my senior year. I was trying to get the fuck out out of school. Trying to get the fuck out of school. So anyway, um, we had that conversation. That conversation leads to the Scythe series, Mm -hmm. which was pretty much a two-year showcase for um, the hip-hop scene in the area. And it was kind of, you know me wanting to provide the platform that I believed Everlasting Life was mm-hmm. or could have been. Mm-hmm. and But you felt it could be just run. I, no, I, there was no shots at it. It was just, it had it was done and it was a void. Oh, so just because it ended. Everlasting had ended and gotcha. we wanted to provide a platform because the, the only thing about, the thing with a lot of these hip-hop shows in the area is it's artists performing for artists. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to provide a platform where artists could perform for fans. hmm so we were we were taking the premise of we know that there's dope artists here because we've been to Everlasting Life because Lance runs a studio and is working with a lot of the artists that are in the area. So we know that there's dope here, but how do we give it to people? Yeah. And why do people care that we're giving it to them? Like they don't know who we are because we're behind the scenes people. Right. So we had to come up with a way to do that. So we hid behind a brand mm-hmm. to keep it a buck. It was like nah. We're going to hide behind this brand name. We don't want any of the clout anyway. We don't want any of that. We just want niggas to know that there's so much dope here, you need to be paying attention here. Yeah, that and, makes sense. And that conversation and that thought process led us to sitting at Pinox's house watching videos, and a Hype Williams video came on, and we were just talking about the energy around when a Hype Williams video would drop, and we were like, yo, the nigga's name was literally how you felt when his video was dropped. You would be hype. And I was like, yo... That's dope. And we started throwing around the idea of calling the show hype. Mm-hmm. 
And then I don't remember who said it, but one of us was like, nah. We don't hype shit. We say shit. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And then that was the name. That was the name. And then it was like, well, we don't, we can't just call it sites. Like, how we, we going to spell it? We got to, how we going to spell it? And yeah. then, because it's a word we use in slang, but we never write. Right. So how do we spell it? And, and how do we make it ours? And how do we make sure that people know this is a, a show and a going, going series? And, you know, all of those. And that's how it became the site series. Right. And then we was like, yeah, because even niggas probably just going to call it you going to the sites. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it became. We, we thought that out mm-hmm. that day, right? Then the next meeting to finalize the first show, the nigga Lance goes, sending you creative entertainment. At yeah. this point, I'm fried. They was lit. And I'm like, at John joint. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. We not sending it. We bringing it. Like we're we're going and finding it and bringing it to you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so we should do that. Cause I'm thinking tagline, right? Right. He's thinking acronym. So I look like a fucking moron. Yeah. That shit was funny. Right. He and I had like, my moron moment. He right. He was like, no, spell it out. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> you, you creative shit. You that nigga, bro. I had <laughs> no fucking clue. So that became Sice, right? And then that really solidified us in the DMV music scene, right? Mm-hmm. Because we provided that platform. We had Yeah, that name definitely carries clout. Like Bro, we had okay, so just not on no no swag shit, but like Mike D'Angelo is now a signed artist to a label that's under cash money. Facts. Will the rapper headlined our 420 show. He is a signed artist, right? Facts. Um, there are a couple other people that have gotten signed that are R&B acts that came from that show. Yeah. Put it like this. Um, what's her name? You know I'm bad with names, but uh, that's with um, three six eight right now. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, oh, Key Mace. Key Mace. Key Mace now signed to three six eight. Mm-hmm. Did our Valentine show. Exactly. Um. Uh, like just it's a lot of people fucking lot, Savannah yeah. that went on the Real Carter tour across the nation came from not came from but was a Sight Series regular mm-hmm. um, right. Brain Rap and Nature Boy that hit every major stage in the DMV are yeah. not products of but come Sice come veterans. from yeah they're, they're Sight Vets they're Sight Alums and they're kings of the Sight Series what's mm-hmm. my man that was on uh, The Voice that t- uh, takes his Malik shirt off. Yeah, Malik Davidge. Malik Davidge yeah. was on the site series. Uh-huh. Motherfucking uh, Kilo Black that started resurrecting Queens that did that whole campaign with that huge song with like all of the dope female MCs in the area yep. came from the site series. Um, so we just, we just, it was a moment for the culture where artists knew they could come, they could be seen. Um, they could be heard. Network. They can network. We made sure that there was, you know, there was different bloggers. There was different, um, different opportunities, different videographers, different creatives in the building yeah. to really help move your your thing, right? And yeah. a lot of these cats still interact and still work together. Like shit, we had uh, um, shit. I'm at open gym tomorrow. Yeah, but we had what's the name of them go up to WPGC when we had money come through. Yeah, um, fucking uh, yeah. That, that's let's talk about that. Freshman so, on varsity. Yeah, freshman on varsity was was on PGC when money because because money came through the show. Mm-hmm. Later, them niggas was on the 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 three hundred challenge with Melo. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? These are all cats. You know what I'm saying? That been through the site series. So like, we were really working our ass off about finding and giving the opportunity to dope artists. Yeah, I'm not saying this to say like we them niggas. I'm saying this to say. We worked our ass off to give the, these opportunities to artists that we thought were dope. And I think that the city 
uh, agrees that. because of the opportunity that they've been allotted um, thereafter. Yeah. And it's dope. It's very, very, very dope that they're there that this is happening for the area um, because it's it's at a point right now where. Uh, the scene is bubbling, bro. Yeah. And I think 2018 is going to be the biggest year since 2017 for the DMV. Oh, very much so. Um, yeah. So I, I just think we're on a steady incline. Like, we haven't reached the top of the first hill on the roller coaster. Nah. So it's a it's a lot of a good opportunity. And, and we're taking advantage of it, bro. But that's, you know, that's kind of how we got to where we are. Because, you know, we, we, we did the site series. And the site series needed a website. And we had the experience of building 38,000 of them because we did the Everyday Weekend 50 million times. Right. So I knew we could pull off a site series website to run the type of show where you have to sign up ahead and we curate a list of artists that are accepted for this show. And you know what I mean? We do marketing for it and, and, and all of that. That comes from the experience of failing a lot. It did. It did. It really did. And because that show was bi-weekly, we were able to try a bunch of different ways to market a show to the local scene. And see what worked out the best. And see what worked out. See what artist lineups work. See what mixes work. Mm. See, um, you know, j- what drink specials worked, what food specials, like just all of that. Because we, we, we low-key had to turn into club promoters. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to give niggas an opportunity. Okay, so <clears throat> yeah, the site series was like a kind of a similar formula of, you know, Kind of an open mic or different. Um, See, I don't think it was an open mic. Well, it's the same formula that a lot of people do, but I feel like this is a lot of ways or a lot uh, of attributes that people have in there where it just doesn't work. I get like, what you. I get what you're saying, but I think we gave niggas the formula. Niggas start copying our swag after that shit. So, but my question that I want to get into is, what do you feel? It's like, what do you think about, like, your thinking or that your direction or approach going into it was um, the reason for that? Mm -hmm. Or did you just recognize off jump of what was wrong with everything else? I think we had been to enough shows to see what was the status quo, what we liked about it and what we didn't. And what we always liked was the talent. Mm -hmm. But, like, the fact, like, if it's a room full of artists, a lot of artists aren't in the watching artists. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just some artist shit. Yeah. Right? So we need, but they they are into staying if there's, you know, other shit to do, some bitches to fuck with. Like, no, no, sorry, ladies, my fault. Some women to talk to um, and all of that. Then they're going to stay, right? So how do we create a space where people want to listen to artists they've never heard of and beautiful women are going to show up? Well, we might need some food and drink. Indeed. You know what I mean? So it was just about filling the, the gaps, right? And then, okay, so why would the artist stay? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I actually just kind of thought back, like, as the consumer, yeah. why would I want to fuck with this show? Yeah. Well, we thought about the consumer side of it as mm-hmm. far as because we knew we had to sell tickets. Right. But we also thought about it from the the what are artists looking for perspective, right? And mm-hmm. that's where I think Lance was really integral because he knew. Because he works with him. He's in the studio. Right. They're mm-hmm. looking. He knew that they were looking for performance opportunities. I didn't know. All I knew was they were looking for exposure. That's what I was doing online. You see what I'm saying? Right. So now I'm like, all right, that's a good point. They need that practice, though. Right? So, yeah. okay. So they're looking for performance opportunities. Right. So how can we get them a performance opportunity somewhere they want to be, somewhere that works, somewhere um, that we can get people to come that doesn't necessarily just give them the the show yeah you know what i'm saying it was a it was the perfect storm mm-hmm. um of things and ideas at the same time and I, I and i don't think that at any point we thought we got it right mm. 
That was the crazy part. Yeah. We never really walked out of there and every one of us was like, yo, we fucking murdered it tonight. We it was always, always it was still were stuff to very work. honest yeah. with each other about yep. stuff. Yeah. So one of us will walk out gas and the other ones will be like, nah, but we miss here and we miss there and we miss like even our anniversary show was probably the 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 total package show for us mm-hmm. as far as like the crowd was there, the bar did numbers, the audience was engaged, the lineup was amazing. There was a major hiccup in that show that nobody knows about because of experience. Mm. There was a point in the show where the power to the DJ booth and the mics went out. There was no sound in the club but the crowd doing the hook to this artist song. Mm -hmm. Now, this artist, this is the one year anniversary of the show. I remember that name. His first performance was the first show. So a year later, he's headlining the anniversary show. The crowd carried his hook while not knowing the power was out. It came back and and we dropped his second verse right in time like nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Bruh, I'm telling everyone that ever hears this, every nigga that you've ever seen as a actual man behind the side series had a whole heart attack. <laughs> we cussed each other out. We had a fist fight. We fixed it. We figured out why it was broke in 32 seconds. And bro. then it was love. <laughs> bro, it, I'm, t- I'm serious. There was a brawl. There was a, a, like a catty cuss out session. <laughs> There was a nigga, go do this, go do that. And niggas start getting petty. <laughs> but it was all Real in 30 quick. seconds. Yeah. yeah. And then it, it all worked out. And it was a, it was the craziest moment, bro. Like, I, I, God was with us. That God, We didn't do shit. God did that. That's true. That's what's good. But it was a crazy moment. And my yeah. mama was there. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, my mama in the, I think my mama was in the club, too. in the VIP. My mama was there, too. Yeah, we had them at a section. Yeah, we did. Like, we kicked niggas out sections. It was like, yeah. Yeah. My mom's here. I'm that guy. Shout so out to them, man. They Shout out to the moms coming to the they club. They always support. <laughs> Love you, moms. Always support. For the DMV rap show. Even when they think we wrong, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. they do. And we be wrong. We do. We be wrong. That's how we get right, though, because we, we just we just comfortable gotta try it. You got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You got to be comfortable missing, bro. Growing pains. That's what you got to do. Yes, sir. But I mean, yeah, that's I mean that's really the genesis, man. And that just took us in a bunch of different directions. And now, you know, what I mean, we we run. Um, Dang, I, I like man. to say one of the DMV's uh, number one hip hop blog. Um, I, we also, you know, do some behind the scenes work for brands that are older than us and more respected. Um, that and we not. I'm not dropping no names. We're not. No, they don't need that. That's not what this is about. It's uh, not shout about. out to Chloe. Yeah, shout, we can shout <laughs> that out. That because that's low key. Shout out to Papa. That's it. That's all. Stop it. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You don't remember no names, and now you won't remember names. <laughs> <laughs> like shit. <laughs> fucking mic off. Go the ahead. Mic off. Go ahead. It's not about that. Shout out um, to my lady in the room. I was like, go ahead, baby. <laughs> my beautiful queen over here. I hate y'all. <laughs> no name dropping. We. It's not about that, bro. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like. Um, the, the willingness to fail and figure it out is is absolutely 100% uh, a contributing factor to the positions that we're in. You gotta love that shit. Um, yeah. And yeah. this year, you know, because of that, we've got some some dope shit that we're about to do. Indeed. Um, I'm ready to fail. But we're not, but but the fail rate has gone down significantly. Like shit. Because, yeah. because, you know. Experience. Experience and we've learned that when we 
we've learned that we can now move in a way where when we step into a realm that isn't familiar, we have a relationship with someone who's home there in order to guide us and help us. And we still take L's in that process, but they're far smaller. Right. Than, you know, the L of literally designing probably seven websites before the one we functioned with. Yeah. And, and, I, and the one that we're functioning with now is not the first one. We, we functioned with a totally different layout Oh yeah, two years ago. Yep. Completely different. Rebuilt and all that. But, you know, where we're at now is in a happy space. Um, our base likes it. Um, and now we're able to focus on this content creation, and we're here. Boss talk. But 2018, we got a lot more shit for y'all. We got, just, just so y'all know, um, light work we got. The podcast network will continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll continue with Boss Talk. Baseline will continue to be what it is for the DMV. And then uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring y'all into the world that is audio airstrike that y'all don't even know about. And I got a couple more shows that we're developing uh, as soon as we finish this show right here. Duh, um, this shit is lit. Also, this shit, this shit is lit. we got some events coming um, that we're curating and some of the events we're working on. Um, that'll be, you know, some will be presented by and some will be sponsors on, but we got some events coming for y'all as well. So we getting back into the the the, the seeing y'all out and about phase as well and not mm-hmm. being so behind the scenes. I know we ducked off after the site series. We just wanted to make sure uh, the next moves was the best moves and wasn't. Because we could, we could just start the site series back up again. Oh, but, I'm so ready for it. But we're not. So <laughs> I'm so ready for uh, it. Yeah. I mean, and, and let's be clear. Like, the site series grew into Site Saturdays, it which was the illest hip-hop party on H Street all of 17-something. It but might that's, be something. I mean, but that's a perfect example of branding. Because the reason why y'all were able to do that is because y'all built a household name that is Sice. And we still played local music. So y'all can still carry that over. Indeed. And we still did a turn up on H Street on Saturday with DMV music because it's think for the we, culture. I think we still might. It's just got to be the right situation. So it's got to be the right situation. And right now, um, yeah, we it's hit. not there. No, no, it's not. Not but, the situation we want. We'll find it. Not yet. I so think. yeah, but and it's it's a perfect storm venue. And I don't the venue I want doesn't exist yet. Gotta make it. I know, and I gotta find one that I can get creative with. Mm-hmm. We gonna do it because we did it with Layla. We Layla wasn't that. a performance venue. Layla wasn't. We made Layla a performance venue, Sorry. and that's all Layla became. Shout out to yeah. Like if you like low key, we was Layla's first um, happy hour. We was there we was first. their first regular a reoccurring event. Everything and yeah, we are a, a large piece of why that venue became a performance venue uh, because that was what people knew they were comfortable with because they that we were the first thing pumping out of the Layla brand after that that management switch right um you know so you know shout out to layla lounge um it was a good run uh and and, and r.i.p to the the life that was lost there too because that always happens at a dmv club somebody dies and it has to change hands yeah um unfortunately yeah but so so like i'm i'm talking about my 2018 what's 2018 look like for for you sir UXU, it's funny because, like, on the tail end of 2017, like, our 2018 yeah. started getting Shout packed. out to Clouded Vibes, too. They've been rocking with us, like, this whole time. So. Oh, yeah, that's the homie Wilbur. Yeah, that's yeah. one of my team members. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was Wilbur's IG. Yeah, Shout out to Wilbur. That's the little bro. What's goody, bro? Wilbur. So, um, 
But yeah, we have like three three weddings booked. Oh, we got a corporate black tie event booked. Oh, we might have to talk off air about where I where I could plug into that. Right, and then we got you know, um, you know I actually have a lot of experience with corporate events. Indeed. Yeah. So. Um, and then we have uh, we just did like an interview with Uncle Jojo, now known yeah. as Unc. Yeah. This past weekend. Yeah, yeah, and that BTS was good. Shoes. Yeah, so a lot. That BTS was real good. So a lot of uh, kind of moving slower but bigger in terms of um, the media production. Picking up bigger clients, trying to tackle some bigger projects. We're yeah. doing a, uh, yeah. we're in pre-production for a short film with Poker Havoc right now. Going to shoot, shoot that in uh, February. Um, but yeah, just a lot. Like the speaker box with you, yeah. uh, handling media for IC Style, handling media for uh, yeah, Everyday handle, Weekend. Yeah. I'm about to say you handle media for the whole brand, bro. Like let's be clear. Yeah. Like, getting I, it done. I didn't know faking about that in your your birthday love today. <laughs> Um, just for anybody who, oh, my, my live just died. Shout out to y'all. Um, yeah, just for anybody who doesn't know, um, all of that, that, that media shit y'all see from the everyday weekend, especially video wise, if it ain't a live stream or just like, you know, the, from the crowd at a show, like if it's packaged, it's UXU. Um, and then UXU does all of the media production for all of our consulting clients um, as well because we do a lot of behind-the-scenes marketing and branding consulting around you that you don't know about. And I really think um, and we that's we, how we're going to win, though. We're not speaking about it because those those people respect us because we don't. Yeah. Um, Discretion so is key. We're going to mm-hmm. stay in that pocket. And that that's another way of... For those who don't know, and, and I'm going to drop this gym, another way to network up but still network out is to provide other services to your OGs that you've networked up to until you can network out with them because you still grow. Like They're willing to pay you for the lesser service. right? The service that you know you can provide 100% and, and kill it, provide it and get paid for it because they'll pay you for it. They're your OG. They respect what you do. They wouldn't be OGing you if they didn't. That's real. And then as you grow by gaining this new bag, when it's time for you to network out, they gonna know and you gonna know. Like I said earlier. And they plug you. Like we plug. A, we like we do a, a lot of plugging. That's a major gym. With everything. The way you network up is providing lesser services than your main product. That should be agreed with everything though. Like that, no, that's that's a, a like, in the words like, of Cala, that's a major key. Yeah. Like like literally like what we do. We uh we use one of Raza's shooters to go shoot um what I get him into? That the Erica Badu Erica Badu joint? and Nas joint. Like yeah, yeah like and you know Bubble Fuck like, Virginia. He sh- he should have been ecstatic. He was. Yeah, that was Cam. He, he, Cam, Cam, he was. Shout so, out to Cam too, because he, he was hella appreciative. Cam's yeah. shots for the baseline were ill as fuck. Is it? Like, and like, I'm gonna look out. Like, we're gonna look out. So even though, yeah, I took my ladies to the show, and you know, what I'm that saying? was all finesse. Yeah, it was right. all finesse. But like, I'm baddest nigga, a couple beers too. Like, you know, what I'm saying, like, he had the the closer footage <laughs> than we had. Like, yeah, you know, what I'm saying, like, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah. But and yeah, that's the thing, I like we that. we definitely show up, and we're not the niggas that want to. 
we're gonna plug the people that work for us to get in spaces that we may not even get into because we're here for the content. We're not here to be the face. Is that right? We know you can get. We can get back there, but if we only got a limited amount of access and it's us or y'all, we want the cameras to go. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think Raw is a perfect example of knowing that. Yeah, and we'll get. I think we'll get that into that deeper and like to other, you yeah. know, another episode. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, I'm building like a whole empire on barter. Because, like, if you come into my business and you're spending your time and right now, like, with my business, no one is paid a salary, including myself. Um, we're now doing that's because like, it's all money back in. That's all money back into the business. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. It's not like there's no money being made. It's just it's being dumped back in. Dumped back into and right. into itself. So this year we're uh, starting to do cuts for, like, the like client gigs that we're doing for yeah, everyone yeah, who's yeah, on yeah. it. But, um it's always just been like a bigger thing to grow that company. But I guess the, uh, I forgot what we were talking about. I ain't gonna lie. I, w- I was just talking about your 2018. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but now, yeah, we're expanding out cause we're getting, uh, one of the bigger, the, just the bigger clients, yo. So we can handle, uh, like bigger. I feel like, cause we've been working harder and I think that's the big, the harder biggest misconception. Though. Yeah. Like harder we don't need smarter. to work harder. We just need to work smarter. We need to work yeah. in the right realms. We need to meet Bruh. the right people and be in the right Bruh. circles. You said some shit to me yesterday that fucking blew my mind. And I don't even think you knew, but I talked to him about it earlier it, and I'm not going to give too much detail on this cause you can't get all the hacks, but he basically took a piece of what he does and outsourced it at a crazy discount on accident. And then once he found out he made an accident, he secured the accident so that the accident was now on purpose. Um, And it was genius and it was smart. And that's one of them boss talk moments where like, when you find a loophole and you can close it and just leave you in it, close it. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you um, That's yeah That's another hack for you If you can find a loophole that you can get in and close Close it Yeah Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry This is my hole That's, real life. that's what she said <laughs> um, But look bro uh, Episode 1 54 minutes so far I think this is a good point Yeah. To um, let these people know that we're going to do this uh, Bi-weekly and and the future episodes, since we gave you the backstory, will be more topic specific, mm-hmm. um, and we're gonna come with a little more analytics and a little a little. It's gonna be deep dives, um, where you can you know we'll take a topic and dissect it, and it, it it should be we're we're aiming for this to be encyclopedia,ble where you'll be able to come back to it and definitely and, yeah. and, and re, it's like a we want these to be almost like research lectures where we give you. Um, not only the game that we've absorbed, but some of the basis of it. Yeah. Uh, so you understand why we chose to absorb that. Uh, without further ado, uh, I'm I'm Capo from the Everyday Weekend. I'm Rasa Rye from UXU. And uh, Mr. Anderson. I stepped in. From the Everyday Weekend. <laughs> stepped in. Uh, and this we here at the Everyday Weekend Studios. Uh, y'all be safe, man. This 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 is what we're gonna do. This has been. Episode one of... Mm.